Okay, we are live. What is up, Jose? How are you? A little late here for the, the live audience. Thank you so much for watching and supporting the show. And for those of you on the audio side, thank you again. Numbers are going up, so we appreciate you guys. The numbers on the podcast, not COVID numbers, because those are going up as well. Oh, Although, are you ready? Are you ready for the vaccine? Are you going to take it? Of course I'm going to take it. You saw it pull up today? Uh, the, yeah. the timeline was having a field day with it, with uh, the vaccination showing up. They really, somebody put the Goldberg music on it. <laughs> the Goldberg theme song. Man, to, the internet will just wild out everything. Could you imagine being the doctor who's rolling it in or who's taking the, the a big dose of the vaccine and then you drop it? Oh, it, it's almost like when somebody has a heart transplant, right? And they drop the heart. And yeah. Like, you, oh, you, man. I see you, you don't want that. Seen, uh, I, I see you two have watched that scene from uh, One Tree Hill. Everyone, everyone loved that went viral a couple years ago. Is that where it's from? I thought it was from another. Uh, yeah, so uh, the show is just absurd. I grew up watching mm -hmm. it, so I'm actually, oh, I actually kind of stopped now because I'm to the seasons where it's actually like unwatchable. But uh, I grew up watching it, so every once, every couple of years, I'll rewatch it. And there's a scene where the dad gets a heart transplant, and he's he's been on the list for months. He finally gets his heart, gets his heart, and. Uh, a guy shows up with his dog who's high, apparently. He he takes his dog that's high to the hospital. And the dad's just sitting there waiting for his transplant. And it gets there. And the doctor who's carrying the heart trips on the dog's leash, drops the heart, and the dog eats the, the high. The dog that's high, as high as a kite, eats the heart. And at, it's around that point where the show just oh my God. does not recover from its just head-assness. No, I, I saw no the scene that I have in my head is not that one. There was no dogs involved. I forgot where it, it was something I watched recently. So I, I just have to trace my steps because I've been watching so much stuff that I, I'll remember what it is. But yeah, <laughs> it's not that one. Okay. Because if I if I saw that one, I would remember a, a high dog eating a, a heart that it was a whole thing. Was waiting for. It's so stupid. I think I think Shea Serrano wrote a story about that one scene in The Ringer. Oh, my uh, god! When, when that clip went viral again, maybe a year and a half ago. Probably. Oh, uh, so someone, I know for sure someone in The Ringer wrote a, a breakdown of that scene. It, I'm I'm guessing it's Shea, just knowing the type of guy who Shea is. Yeah. That sounds like a Shea Serrano special. That's awesome. Everyone, thank you for listening. Uh, let's start this bad boy up. AlamoRemedy.com. Promo code UNICORN unicorn what's your unicorn do your unicorn unicorn alamoremedy.com 10% off by the way their holiday bundle this is their biggest uh bundle that you can buy it's all of the products okay every product that they have the lotion capsules tinctures and gummies those four main products not including the hemp flower they're not doing it for this one uh but those four main products in a holiday bundle uh, you can get it for somebody you can get it for yourself $59.99. Okay. That's all their products. You're saving a ton of money already. It's 250 milligrams of CBD per product. You're not going to get a better deal than this. Plus they are going to let you use the code unicorn for 10% off. So you will save even more money. I can't do the math, but trust me, you will not find a better deal than this. Go to alamoremedy.com. They are all about us, the community, Texas, they are, they are all about it. They were, in fact, they were just sponsoring a hemp cup. So there was a first ever taste of Texas hemp cup where they brought together some of the best hemp companies and CBD companies 
to figure out who has the best product. So they were part of that. They are for Texas. We uh, look for Texans by Texans. That's it. And they will ship to other states as well. Check them out. They support the show. Let's support them this holiday season. AlamoRemedy.com. Use promo code UNICORN. 10% off plus free shipping over uh, $49 on your order. Get that done. And uh, they're not an official sponsor. But again, I want to thank the Y Factor. Go to mancenters.com. They just sponsored Barry and Jerry Bowe's Streamathon. That raised $6,000 to help out this organization out in the Bay Area, which is just, you know, Webster around there, Clear Lake. And it is awesome. They did, on in that two and a half hours uh, stream, they raised $6,000. The Y Factor donated some items. My brother donated a free checkup cleaning and x-rays at htowndental.com, which by the way, they still have their braces special, $500 off of braces. And then my dad threw in some uh, colognes and perfumes from Perfume Time in Houston. So, Shout out to them. Big love to uh, Barry and Jerry. Uh, they did some awesome stuff. I was on their show. They were roasting me for my shootout that I still hit over 40%, but I just didn't hit the uh, over 11 and a half total threes made. So uh, much love to them. And that, that was really cool. How was your week, buddy? Can't complain, man. Good, good week. Another week closer to Christmas and another week to closer to the end of the freaking year. This year yeah. of hell has finally started to wrap up. Yeah, and it's it looks like it's going to get off to a good start, right? The the vaccine is here, and it'll slowly get to everybody. What, what was the Dr. Fauci said by the end of March, April is what yeah, we're looking at. April to early May, all he he expects that all young, healthy people, i.e., me, not so much yourself, <laughs> uh, should have the vaccine by then, which would mean everyone before should already have it, which would mean hopefully we're done with most of the vaccination through the early summer. Yeah, so. Th- Hopefully we're on on the right track here and things are things are looking up. So it's good. Do you have any concept of days right now? Like, do you know the date off the top of your head? Hell no. And it's kind of sad because I worked. I think it's the 12th. Nope. Nope. I'm I'm with you. I think after the 14th, it's the 14th. But about like a week before Thanksgiving, my concept of time disappears. And this year more than ever. Right. Because. Oh, yeah. For me, it's literally almost every single day is the same. I wake up, online school, I'm doing some work stuff, I'm, I'm doing some projects, uh, I go shoot my stuff at NTV, I come back, I work out, I hang out in the, uh, at the front with the kids, and then I eat dinner, and then I'm, you know, either Monday nights I'm doing the podcast or I'm watching something the other nights, right? So it just yeah. becomes the same thing over and over again. Man, I had no idea what the date was this morning. I woke up and I knew it was Monday. Because yesterday was Sunday, and that's about all I knew. Must dead unemployed life. Must be nice. Yeah, semi-unemployed. 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 Shout out to NTV. They, they, I'm, still, I'm still getting something from them, which is good. And Sports Spotlight, by the way, check it out every Saturday, 5 p.m. It's also on their Facebook page. You can watch it. Um, so, yeah, it's now that point of the year where you're just like, what day? I don't even know. I don't even know what Christmas is. So, I asked my neighbor, and he's like, yeah, it's next week. So what week is the most, is more, no, I shouldn't say the most, but more unproductive, the Thanksgiving week or the Christmas week? Christmas week. You think so? Christmas week to me, because it, it, it starts, it used to be for the last four years for me was, this is the final week of the year I work. Mm-hmm. And then we used to take off the, the week of Christmas and the following week usually. So that was the most unproductive 
two weeks and like I don't even remember like that was just me catching up on shows and watching a bunch of TV which I've been doing all year long anyway so (laughs) it's going to be different this year but next year is going to be I mean next week excuse me is going to be so busy because baby trickster is off of school this is her last week of online school and she's done so then she's going to be bored out of her mind (laughs) like hey I don't have anything to do so that's going to be a long it's going to be a long few weeks are you going to uh, start a curriculum for her? Yeah, we will still be doing some stuff. We have to. We got to keep her fresh. <laughs> and then she's going to start on, uh, she's going to start in-person school if oh, no. the, if the school opens up. Yeah. Uh you know, like cuz everything's been good for the most part at the elementary yeah. school. They haven't had, you know, any major scares. They had one scare for one of the classes and everyone had to just stay home for 2 weeks, which is fine. We knew that was going to happen. But other than that, nobody's gotten it from there. No one, you know, none of the teachers have gotten anything. So it's been really good. I'm I'm pleasantly surprised. As as see, I'm not a father, so I feel like I can't really comment on this. Mm-mm. But I'd be really nervous about that. Yeah, no, I I okay. am. I'm definitely. Again, I'm I, not a father, yeah. so. And that's why we didn't send her back initially when they opened up in person schooling for the last yeah. nine weeks. We said, you know what, Let, let's see what the data suggests. Let's see what happens. Let's see if it's a if it's a bleep show or not. Um, and it wasn't. It, it, they've surprisingly been good. And I don't know how much information they're keeping away from us. Right. Like, who yeah. knows? Uh, but it's been pretty good compared to the other districts and other schools that we've heard about and seen in the news. That's why we wanted to take this final nine weeks of like, hey, let's see what this is all about. Let's look at the data. Let's look at it and and then process it and make a good decision here and and hope for the best. Are you uh, are you gonna put her through a music theory course while she's uh, on her break? She's been doing that. We do that almost every day. Damn, you you do yeah yeah every you day. You don't miss we, at all, dog. No no no. You know what we do every day? Well, I'll put on a new song. I'll put on a random song, um, and like she can recognize Queen, The Beatles. Vampire cool. Weekend. Uh, she got into Bonnie Vare now because the the vinyls. And I'll put on songs that she hasn't heard, and then I'll be like, "Who do you think it is?" And she'll like process it. So we've been working on that songs that she doesn't recognize, but it does sound, you know, like a Beatles song sounds like the Beatles, right? Yeah. There's certain songs you just go, "Oh, that's the Beatles." So I'll try to find sure. something similar but new. Okay. Yeah, so that's that's what we and then uh, yeah, that's what we do. I mean, like she loves music. She have, absolutely loves music. Have you put on a uh, Man on the Moon three for her yet? Not yet. I did put it on. So I drove to San Marcos on Saturday. It took a little day trip, and on the way there, I listened to your album, The Avalanches, and <laughs> yeah, because that's the one you recommended. You're like, you gotta check this out. I liked it. It was good. It um, set it up for people who don't know because we've talked about it before, but just a brief introduction. So the Avalanches are an Australian group. I think I think now they're in their late thirties, early forties, who in the year two thousand released a an ex, an experimental album, their debut album that was just all samples. Like if you listen to "Since I Left You," that's the name of their first album. It's all the vocals we hear, all the production stuff is all samples. Initially, it was rumored that there was almost a thousand samples in that album, but yeah. it's more like around four hundred. And it's interesting because. It came at a time where music piracy and just laws with music were drastically changing in the late 90s, early 2000s. And uh, if you've watched Hip Hop Evolution, they talk about it a lot. Uh, 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 Q-Tip talks about it a lot and how 
how things change and how things were changing. And that was during that time period. So if that album came out like two or th- two, two, three, four years later, it might have been lost. Wow. And, and it, it's just there's old interviews where they talk about how they didn't really think about stuff like that then. They just made the music. Uh, well, that was their first album. They didn't have another album to, till 2016, which was, uh, God, I can't remember the name of it right now, but that was their first album with actual original vocals. They had a lot of features. Well, this one is almost like, it, it reminds me a lot of, of Daft, Daft Punk's last album where it was a lot of feature. It was really he- feature heavy. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it was a big separation from uh, their original stuff or their older stuff. And that's kind of who they are. They're uh, they're a group from Australia, as I mentioned. And I mean, this album stacked. It has a uh, River Cuomo from uh, from uh, Weezer. It has uh, Denzel Curry. It's got MGMT. Yep. There's so many names on this album. And it uh, literally I'm, is. It, it's, it, it's filled like every song. I was like, man, that sounds so familiar. And you go to it, and you're like, oh, that's who's on it. Leon Bridges uh, is way, on two songs. The second album is Wildflower. Wildflower. Danny Brown and MF Doom are on one song in that album. Yeah. And then this one's called We Will Always Love You. And it's, uh, as I told you, it for me, it was kind of cool because it ranged from like a really folky album to like a New York gay bar disco from the 1980s vibe. Yeah. And you're like, what the hell? How did this one song go from this really cool folky, like, hey, we're driving on I-10, enjoying this. And all of a sudden, I'm like, wait. Lady Gaga's here? What 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 has happened? (laughs) So it's pretty wild how the sound is all over. And it's cohesive to where it doesn't feel like overbearing. It doesn't, like it just naturally, whether it's through a sample transition or an interlude, it just gets there. It's not like a, bam, like here's this weird ass song. Like it's, it all flows perfectly. And to Kid Cudi's credit, we're going to talk about his album. I thought his was really cohesive as well. But this one was just like, I was just so happy with this album. It like the, it, the tracks blend perfectly. All the features are great. The messaging to me is more is a. I think this was the perfect album for this year. It might not be the best album to come out this year. Obviously, I can't make that assessment when it came out less than a week ago. It, I don't think it'd be fair to have that recency bias. But it's a it's an album about reassuring yourself about your feelings in a time where. It's really hard to be in touch with your feelings yeah. with everything that's going on. And I don't think that was intentional. And maybe that's just how I'm I'm perceiving it. But it was just it's just it has great messages. It's great music, great features. Like it's a cool album. It's a, it's a good album to drive to. It's a, and it's a long album. It's it 25, 25 tracks. So you get you get a lot for your your uh, buck there. A lot it, of it is. Are... It's like minute long interludes, though. So mm-hmm. don't be scared by the fact that it's 25 songs. It's not so again, that massive of a The album is called The Avalanches and it's called We Will Always Love You. And and I enjoyed it. I thought it was a really it was a good album, great for driving. Uh, and then we will break down Kid Cudi's Man on the Moon 3. Cause I have some thoughts on that. And today I spent all of like all my free time when I was listening to music to listen to Man on the Moon and then Man on the Moon 2, because you hated Man on the Moon 2 so much. I was like, man, wait, am I missing? Because I, I I enjoyed that album. I yeah. thought it was a good album. And I go back and listen to some songs from time to time. Not like I do with Man on the Moon because yeah. that's one of my top five albums. Like, album. it's, yeah, it's one of the best albums. Uh, but we will break that down. Uh, we have a little, uh, we have a different uh, thing on the podcast today. So it's usually us two, right? Uh, but one of our uh, one of our longtime listeners and a friend of ours, 
Hunter reached out. He's like, hey, I'm starting this new company, a new coffee company called uh, Top Tube. And I'm like, okay, uh, I'm interested because we're in a pandemic. And there's, you know, one of the hardest things to find is coffee in the world because it's impossible. You just can't find it. So another coffee company would be interesting. And he's like, yeah, we're doing this. So I was like, well, you got to come on the show when, you know, the website is up and things are going great. So Hunter is joining us. Hunter, how are you, man? How you been? Oh, no, we can't hear it. Hunter, unmute your mic. Unmute your mic. I think your mic is, uh, is mute there. Now try. Sorry, I'm quartered up like uh, ah, there you go. 2005 there or something over here. But um, yeah, yeah, doing good, man. Thanks for having me on. Hey, is Luke still going to join us? He's not going to make it tonight. Okay, hold on. I got to edit your... Uh, hold on. I got to edit this one second. Boom, boom, boom. And watch this little little thing I'm going to put on here, the screen for you, because that's how we do it. And there he is. Hunter from Top Tube Coffee, toptubecoffee.com. Um, man, first of all, dude, that is awesome. Congratulations on starting the company up. It's something you've been working on for a long time and it's different, right? Like, obviously I was joking, like coffee, you can buy it anywhere, right? There's a million bags of coffee, but there's a reason you started this up because it blended two different things that you love. Yeah. We kind of, uh, went after a certain two major aspects that we love. We're big cyclists. We kind of in the endurance field we kind of met during doing Ironmans and that kind of thing um of course you need a lot of caffeine for that kind of activity so um and then one one thing we love to do is to sit around afterwards um and you know make fun of each other or you know joke about the workouts or whatever it is um over coffee so we kind of decided well look these are two things we love to do pretty low barrier to entry you know um and yeah so we kind of just wanted to join the two and see kind of where we could go from there. And it's, it's evolved a lot since we first started it. But um, yeah, we love where we're at right now. Um, it's, it's a good time to start something new during a pandemic. I kind of We kind of both decided, hey, you know what? Everyone's down in the dumps. Um, people aren't doing anything. We were kind of both sitting at home, you know, working, working out from inside, working from inside. We decided to do something positive. So That's awesome, man. Yeah, first of all, Thanks for coming on tonight. Thanks, uh, thanks for joining us. And I guess my my first thought was how much of the pandemic, how much, how much did the the pandemic push you guys towards actually getting here? Because as you mentioned, there's so many people who are just sitting at home and kind of just doing stuff. Obviously, working mm -hmm. from home and being pushed to do stuff. Like how I guess I guess the way I'm the way what I'm trying to say is. Was this the, the nail in the coffin of finally doing this? How fleshed out was this idea prior to the pandemic? I mean, we actually didn't have this totally built out before the pandemic. Um, the pandemic pushed us 100% to start yeah. the business. And it's, and it's sort of a side hustle. Um, we were 100% online. Um, we do have some you know, retail outlets. And we kind of went about that in a different way. But what it kind of forced us to do is sit back and go, okay, what can we do different here? without having to spend hundreds of thousands of dollars. That's where businesses are failing, kind of the brick and mortar. Um, so we try, try to go at a different route. And so far it's been relatively successful pretty quick. So um, yeah, the, the pandemic pushed us right into it, no doubt. See, a lot of people don't understand this. And Hunter, I think you and I are about the same age, roughly, like right in that uh, same category. Yeah. And it, it, it changes, man, when you start working out and you're doing different things. It goes from, you know, when you're younger, you're like competing and stuff and you work out to compete. 
And then as you get a little bit older, you're like, okay, I'm still trying to like stay relevant and compete a little bit. Right. And then at, at some point it switches, right? And you go, I'm just working out to be able to eat a really big breakfast or just hang out and enjoy coffee with people afterwards. And that is one of the big things about Top Tube Coffee, as you mentioned, is that ability of, okay, we got this great workout in. Now let's go get this badass latte, right? And, and get that going. How much has that culture defined y'all's company and how much does it still define you guys? Yeah, I mean, that's that's exactly what our goal is, is to bring people together over coffee. And I know it's kind of weird because we're still sort of in a pandemic. You can't really um, hang out too much. Mm -hmm. But um, yeah, that's the whole idea is to work out, get your workout in, um, drink coffee before, most likely, mm -hmm. um, work out and then hang out afterwards and drink coffee while you're doing it. And it's just sort of a community thing. We wanted to bring people together again after being, you know, isolated and mm -hmm. spread apart. So what's that process like just finding that I'm, I guess the getting from the idea of a flavor of what you in your head, what you think it's going to taste like, what you want it to smell like, what's that process of having that idea and actually getting it bagged? Yeah. Like, walk me through that. Of course. So, you know, I didn't enter this as an expert. I drink right. coffee a lot, but I didn't really know, you know, sort of the pipeline and how it all works. Um, I've learned a lot throughout this process, but basically um, the main thing you do is called cupping and it's not the same thing that you do on your back or, your or, you know, anything or anything weird. Um, so basically you, you do different smell tests. So you smell the coffee, you smell all the different varieties of coffee when they're dry. Um, you grind them, smell them when they're ground, then you pour water and you smell it wet. And then you actually, um, you break the crust of the coffee. It all kind of settles at the top. Um, Similar to like when you pour a protein shake or something, how all of the stuff just kind of sits at the top if you don't shake it. So you let that crust settle and then what you kind of push a spoon across it to move it across and you smell it then. And then of course you taste it. So it's a lot of uh, trial and error. And we basically got a bunch of random people. Every single time we built a coffee, we got as many taste buds in there as we could, changed them out every time, just tried to get a collective um, taste and smell and all that good stuff. And so far, everyone likes the the different blends we've come up with. And we just did a single origin um, recently that's been really popular, too. So that's really cool. And one of the cool ways that you guys are spreading the word, and I, I follow you guys on Instagram. And of course, I've, I'm friends with you on all the social media sites. So seeing it, um, it, it's like, hey, let's go do a ride, right? Like, let's have a meetup. Let's let's go ride and let's sample the stuff going to, to smaller local shops, not the big, you know, big box stores. All right. And building that community with this brand new brand, how's that been going? It's been really fun. That's honestly probably one of the funnest parts is we kind of do pop-up shops. Um, so we pair up with like a local coffee shop, somebody that um, kind of shares our vision and believes in what we're doing. Um, and they'll actually use our coffee for the day. Oh, cool. Um, yeah, yeah. They'll use our coffee for the day and then and we essentially bring them customers so we'll kind of, uh, you know, assemble a group of people to come exercise from that area, whether they're running, whether they're cycling. We try to kind of let that be our, um, you know, what we bring to the table is bringing them customers that they may have never had. Um, we kind of do a pop-up shop. We let people try our coffee made by professional baristas, not me, you know. Um, <laughs> and they try our coffee. They like it. And they're able to buy merch. They're able to buy um our bags there and then they're able to just meet us and then you know also enjoy other people 
what's that process like approaching like all these coffee shops like was that intimidating at all because i can imagine like at least in my head like going hey i'm a guy here's my coffee here's why you should have it i know you have your own but mine's better and here's why we should work together like what's that process like how, how is that how do you approach people in that situation well of course it doesn't always work um <laughs> But uh, I, I'm in sales as a profession, um, right. and um, my coworker, he's he's a teacher, and he's a super outgoing guy. So we didn't have really any issues. We just, you know, it's something a little different, and I think that makes it really fun. Um, so we're able to just strike a conversation up when you have to just kind of shape the idea that, look, this may not be the same thing that you used to, um, but we're trying something different. We're going to try to bring you customers. So it's kind of cool because we're able to, like, make a little money ourselves but we're also supporting local and like yeah our beans are local they're a local business um we you know during a pandemic some of these places don't do great and if we're able to bring 25 30 40 people maybe more um i mean that helps that helps a lot so uh it, it's pretty fun and you just have to frame the idea of what you're trying to do and it's not necessarily your traditional like hey buy coffee here's the price. It's more like, yeah. Hey, here's this idea. We're going to have, like, I bring out a photographer to the little event and we're going to do professional photos and we're going to, um, you know, we're going to take care of the marketing. We, we kind of try to be the, the, the marketers of the situation and kind of take that over. And, mm. and, and to me, that's fun. I mean, we're all on social media. We, we do it well. And that's kind of like what we bring to the table right. as far as the, value proposition that's the least you could do with all the sweaty people that come in afterwards to the coffee <laughs> shop and they're like man it's so embarrassing after you go work out and you just want to get a <laughs> cup of coffee or you want to go and, and pick up something and people see you with the leggings on and, and me, i like usually wear my crocs if i'm uh if i'm going home and you yeah. can just smell somebody you're like damn this dude just worked out or he just yeah. played basketball this is nasty it's not a good smell uh man it's really cool what's been the hardest part for you guys um, supply chain, really. I mean, it, getting stuff is really difficult. Surprisingly, yeah. coffee is not too hard to get. Um, but you know, bags was a really difficult thing for us. They were delayed like months and months. So we, we thought we were going to be able to launch sooner, but you know, it took the, the custom bags took forever to make. Um, we're having some difficulties with hats now. Some of the merch takes a little yeah. longer than we expected, but everything's on back order. I mean, even stuff at hospitals is on back order. So, man. The whole world's on back order. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's yeah, awesome, man. What's uh, what, what's been the most popular flavor for you guys? Surprisingly, it's our dark roast. Um, and I actually I don't love a dark roast coffee. We kind of made yeah. it for for the people that seem to stick to that. Yeah. Um, but I don't even. Tips. That's what yeah, <laughs> yeah. They love people. The people that love dark roast, they don't want to switch. So um, that's been our most popular coffee. So. For uh, for everyone listening, can you talk about working with corporation or excuse me, not corporation, nonprofits like Catapult? I know you named your you guys named your Christmas flavor, which sound, the blend sounds freaking awesome. It sounds like it tastes great. Can you talk about why that's so important to you guys? Yeah, no doubt. So you know, one of the things we noticed in cycling in particular is that let's just be honest, in America, it's not that big of a sport. Um, besides Lance, Lance's time. Um, it doesn't get a lot of love and we love racing and there's not a lot of funds um, going back to that. And so we kind of decided, you know what, let's really like, not necessarily tug on people's heartstrings, but if people want to 
um, give back to cycling. Like let's create this vehicle to do that. So essentially we wanted to maybe every quarter or every year it's changing as we go, but we wanted to give back to the community that we love. So um, catapult was one of, is our first collaboration bag and they give back or they essentially help athletes with disabilities. So they have, they have blind athletes doing full Ironmans. Nice. Um, they have people that um, don't have legs riding bikes. They have, you know, special hand bikes. Um, they have some really, really amazing people um, at the organization and they've always been around us. Um, but we just decided, you know what, let's try to, let's try to, you know, help them out. And, you know, obviously during a pandemic, people is, you know, losing their jobs. Um, nonprofits aren't doing great, as you can imagine. So um, we actually paired up with them to do a virtual tour de France. It was really cool. Really? Um, yeah, we, we did. Um, we kind of helped them with a couple of ideas and we actually entered two teams into it. Um, I think we ra- helped them raise over 25 grand um, wow. on a virtual event. Yeah. So that and that doesn't necessarily have anything to do with the coffee sales. That was separate. So that was kind of cool. Um, we helped them do that. We, we, you know, organized a couple of like pro cyclists to come in and do it. Um, and it was one of those things where like every week you entered your totals in as a team mm-hmm. and, and as a collective, you kind of did every stage of the tour de France. It was very difficult, but, um, we did that first. And then our Christmas bag, we're going to give proceeds of every bag sold to, um, back to them. So kind of helps. It's kind of cool. It's co-branding. I mean, it's easy. And that's just something that we wanted to kind of highlight and do as a company is like, let's just do as many collaborations as we can. Like, let's not put all the pressure on us to make this thing grow. Let's, let's team up with other cool brands and other cool organizations that um, we can either attach a cause to or just co-brand with. So that's helped us grow a lot too. Man, are we going to do a uh, Raheel and Jose blend? Is that what's coming up? <laughs> a, a medium roast? Because that's what it's got to be. It's got to be a medium roast, and uh, it's got to be from uh, Mexico because that's where Jose's from. <laughs> we can do it. <laughs> hey, um, okay, what's your favorite way to drink your coffee? Because I've now – I used to just be like a Folgers guy, right? And then as you grow <laughs> older, you try different ways. You're like, man, I, I, I want to – you know, like now I'm very spoiled with this. So like I do cold brew on Monday through Thursday. It's cold brew. Then we just got a new espresso machine. So I do that on the weekends. I I do my own, of course. Oh, it's it's the best, man. Like that's the best way to do it. What's your favorite way to take your coffee? Uh, Every day I do like a pour over. So I just use like a V60, just that kind of like V cup. And you just do dry grounds and pour hot water over it. Um, That's how I do it every day. Um, Espresso machine is obviously the best. Um, yeah, espresso is all the way. Like if I could do an Americano every day, um, or like Go. a, a How do you make an Americano? Go. Do you know? Oh, it's just espresso. You do like two shots of espresso and you just do hot water. That's it. Easy. Yep. yep. Jose Jose recently got into the cold brew game because I got him into it. And that is my favorite way to uh, take take coffee now. Espresso is good. It's like a treat, right? But cold brew, man, it's next level. To me, yep. it's the best way. I don't know. It's like more versatile to me. That's that's yeah. what I love it so much and you you could kind of just you know you need that midday pick me up uh just just drink a little bit of cold brew well and plus you know it's pretty much hot 95 days you know 95 percent of the year here in houston so cold brew is great but yeah i I actually drink hot coffee more than i do cold um one of those weirdos okay before we let you go one last question 
Sure. What's the most random thing you've learned during this experience and journey with Top Tube Coffee? The most random thing I've learned. Um, I don't know. That's a good question. Of course it is. That's why I asked it. <laughs> the master of question asking. <laughs> the most random thing I've learned. It can be a fact about coffee. It can be a business fact. It Here's can a good be, one. Yeah. Go. So coffee is actually, it's a fruit and it's a cherry. So it's yep. actually a cherry, right? And the inside of it is the bean that you see. So there's a cherry on the outside of it. It's a fruit. It's like a so red, that, it's a red, like a red fruit, right? Yep. Yep. It's a red cherry. And the way, the way the different processes to take that off is what gives the coffee different flavors. I had no clue. So it's like Man. a plant. It's a crop. So that's actually one of an interesting thing about coffee is their seasonality. Um, and then where obviously where it's grown makes a huge difference in how it's yeah. tasting, how it's processed. Um, yeah. I've learned some interesting things about coffee, especially that. So, yeah. That's awesome, man. Everybody go, go uh, to toptubecoffee.com. It's also in the bio of this episode. If you're listening on the audio side, if you're watching right now, you see it on the URL. The, you see the URL, excuse me, on the banner there. Hunter, man, that's awesome. Tell Luke we said what's up. Best Will of do. luck. And uh, hopefully we'll see you out and about here pretty soon. Right on. See you guys. Yeah. All right, there he is. Hunter from uh, Top Tube Coffee wanted to bring him in. He's a he's a longtime listener and uh, just a cool dude. I told you right. Uh, I was like, man, he's a he's an awesome dude. So I uh, wanted to chat with him and just get get his companies a little bit more love because they are in that important stage of growing and we want to support local businesses as much as we can. So I had to get him in. And the silver lining of of uh, this just absolutely atrocity of a year is how create how creatives have found an mm -hmm. outlet by rather like whether it's by sheer will or just like you know what let me get off my ass and finally do this thing that i just yeah. always wanted to do it's time so yeah, yeah. It's so important man so important that like w these businesses that were started look again as you mentioned it's been a crappy year um it's hard it's hard to say like there's been good to come out of all of this right because it's been so bad and people have lost their lives and are still losing yeah. their lives and going through struggles and even if they didn't lose their lives, they went through a, a life-changing event. Uh, but it is good to see some cool stories from time to time. It's nice. It's good for the soul, man. So uh, I appreciate him joining us. And hopefully, if he does an event here in Sugarland or Richmond, Rosenberg, probably Richmond, because again, we are the Portland of Texas now. <laughs> I'm telling you, man. We got the Am I'm telling you, the Amazon joint. We've got the kombucha store. We've got great local coffee shops we've got juiceries now we've got like five we've got like five pho places because that's <laughs> all we eat over here i guess it's awesome i love it it's so great literally there's three on my drive from my house to 99 that's how many pho places we have sounds like my uh my part of town that's where yeah. i work i'm telling you man richmond is it's gonna as soon as this amazon warehouse opens up it's on like it's property values are going up. It's the new Portland. We're going to have homeless camps. It's going to be nice. <laughs> no. <laughs> Is Aren't they still a ton of uh, homeless camps in Portland? I believe there are. Uh, I'm not sure. I know they're having uh they've been having protests since the summer, like every day. Yeah. So I'm not really sure what's up with the homeless camps. Cause Lance, every time he went to Portland, he's like, dude, there's literally tents, like camps of just homeless people. 
because that is just how it is up there. And I'm like, okay, I'll take your word for it. But just tell me, can I like, how do I get to the Nike factory? I just want to go there. I just want to go to the campus there. That's all. Factory is a is a trip, man. Is it? It's more. He got me into that uh, a couple years ago. Man, it's I, like I in a warehouse. Like you'd have no idea that it's there. Like our Uber guy, who was a Portland resident, had no idea where it was. And when we got there, it did not look like that was that's what it was because it was like a, like oh like an like a brandless office building. Wow. And that's just a factory store or like the employee store or that's the your campus. The okay. employee, no, yeah, they moved. So they moved. I went in 18. I think it was in 17 that they moved the employee store from the campus to that office building. Mm. Okay. Gotcha. Um, by the way, what did you think of the Air Jordan 11 Jubilees? Keith was asking about it. He wasn't fond of it. He said, uh, he said, we need a review of the 25th anniversary of the Jordan. Well, I don't know if he was fond of it. I thought I misread that. He just said uh, the anniversary review of the Air Jordan 11s. Did they live yeah. up to the hype? We need to go get your pair, dog. You're the one that has a pair. <sighs> it's in my closet. Shout out, JP. Yeah, they're awesome. They're they're really they're really nice in person. I think any Air Jordan 11, because it's it is it the most iconic sneaker silhouette? Ooh, that's a good question. I think for its time, I think it is. I want to say the Jordan 1, but the Jordan 1 looks like the Dunk, looks like the Air Force 1. Yeah. It's not, the, I mean, it's the iconic. Together, yeah. the, the timing of when it came out. I think so. I think the other one that competes with it in terms of iconic, and here's what I mean by iconic. Like, when you see it, most people will know what that shoe is. Not just sneakerheads, not just people that love shoes, right? It's when you see it, you go, oh, that's that. I know what that is. That's a Jordan. I think the only other one, and I might be really off on this one and a little biased, but I would say the questions, Allen Iverson's first shoe, it's a, it's a very iconic silhouette. See, I thought you were going to say the Converse All-Star. No, no. <laughs> You don't think the question is an iconic silhouette, like up there, like top three? Uh, no, I don't think so. Wow. Why not? I just don't think that many people outside of the world we exist in would know what they are. Okay. Even though Allen Iverson was the most popular player for four or five years in the NBA. Yeah, I just don't, I just don't think the casual person would be able to recognize him. Okay. Maybe, maybe yeah. I'm wrong. Maybe I, I'm biased. Yeah, I'm 100 with you on the on the 11 though. Yeah, 11 I think would be the most iconic. Like to me, that that's like it. Just what I mean is you just see it and you go, "Oh, that's a that's a Jordan." It doesn't have to be. You don't even have to say a number. You just go, "Oh, that's a Jordan." Um, the Nike Yeezys up there. Any, I would say the 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 uh, Yeezys, the new silhouette. Like, cause so many people have them now. Yeah. Would that be iconic? Yeah. I, I mean, I guess, I guess so. Yeah. It's, it's definitely recognizable. Right. Which ones are they? The, the, which ones uh, do we all, the, 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 the most, in 350s, right? That yeah. would be the most iconic one. Yeah. Because probably. it's, because it's so common now. Yeah. And I mean, he kept his promise, right? Everyone who wants a pair will get mm -hmm. a pair. Uh, Keith also said the Jordan four. The Jordan think, 4 is certainly my favorite Jordan, but I don't know. I don't I yeah. think the, 
the 11 by far is more recognizable. Here's the the easy answer. The most iconic shoe of all time is the JJ oh, Watt 4, which I just got and uh, Josh got for 40 bucks because we found who found the link? Was it? Uh, it was Josh, Josh right? It was Josh, yeah. It, uh, from Soul Links, he found a link and we uh, we ordered them and you didn't because you don't like JJ Watt. You side with Trade the Truth. I do. I do. Wait, they, they're beefing. I didn't know they were beefing. I just yeah, they they the great beefing. Great yeah. I didn't know they were. Why are they beefing about the Hurricane Harvey funds? Really? He's the one you didn't know that? I didn't oh, know yeah. behind those conspiracies. Yeah, yeah. Trey, Trey threw a lot of beef at it and a lot of shade at him. I didn't know that. Yeah. And like you were saying, at least, you know, where our money's going and stuff. And oh. that turned into that turned into like a meme. Right. And then people started calling out JJ. And that's why I think till this day. The pinned tweet on his Twitter is where all the funds went. Yeah. Oh, is it still to this day? I remember that being a pinned tweet for a long time. Yeah. I mean, it was weird. While you pull it up, Josh says that it's because you're a Nike sheep, and so am I. I love my Nikes, especially for training. I don't wear anything but Nikes. I tried Adidas for a while, and I didn't like it. It is weird wearing a Reebok to train in, but this is a good training shoe. It. I wore it today to work out and lift and, and do some like uh ladder work. Yeah. Man, it's a stiff shoe though. It takes a while to break in. Nike's, you're ready to go. This one is gonna take a while to break in. Like the whole shoe is stiff. To this day, his tweet from uh August 29th of last year, but uh the two-year update is still his pin tweet. No way. I told you that and that started because of Trey. I'm like 99% sure Josh is better at the online beefs. He's listening, he can uh correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure Trey started that, like, hey, where's the money going stuff? And it took off, like, all you know, everyone just ran with it on social media. And to the point where JJ is like, hey, guys, here we are actually we we are a legit nonprofit, so we have to publish this, we have to show you where the money goes. So you can't say like, "Hey, this is where the money's going" or where it's not going. Jeez, you want to talk yeah. about Man on the Moon Three? Let's do it, Man on the Moon Three, the highly anticipated album from Kid Cudi. It's been a while since his last album, twenty fifteen or twenty sixteen, was his last album that at least I listened to. I don't think he put out an album since, but let's find out. Uh, he did because it. Uh, what was that? Um, that one song Adidas used. On one of one of their campaigns was a Kid Cudi song from Wait, that album. That, that song that yeah. they like to use, Waves. Yeah. So that one was from that album, and that was, I believe, 2016. But Man yeah. of the Moon Three, Passion, Pain, and Demon Slaying was uh, in 2016, and then of course Kitsy Ghost was yeah, Kitsy Ghost. 2018. And then this one was his own, his first solo album since then. But it was Man on the Moon. That came out his one of the greatest out al- rap album, hip hop or hip hop albums, right? Ever, in my opinion. It there's literally not there's not a filler track on that album. I listened to it again today while I was working out, and I was just like, gosh, this album is so perfect. Man on the Moon 2. I don't know. Fire might be a filler song. I, I'd never cared for that song. Really? Yeah. But I was okay. never really a, a, a smoker, so that's why you got the look the whole thing his whole thing is built on marijuana right like it's it's all about that um so you you got to have one song in there for the for the stars 
obligatory weed song. Here you go. Yeah. <laughs> Here, guys, have some fun. Uh, so, Man on the Moon, then Man on the Moon 2, and then he did a few other albums, and then, of course, Man on the Moon 3. So initial thoughts. And here's a game I want to keep. Uh, I want to play on this album with you because I don't know the answer. And I think we should start doing this on albums that we both listen to. We try to guess each other's be- uh, favorite song from the album. Oh, wow. OK, so okay. I, I admittedly haven't heard it. I've heard it. I heard it a lot over the weekend, but I haven't heard it since. Well, I heard it a lot Friday, Friday night. And so I've basically probably heard it like four or five times. Mm-hmm. So, I haven't given it as much time as you. I've, I've, I've as much time as you've given it, and certainly not as much time as I've given the Avalanches album. But uh, I, I've only listened to it twice. I listened to it on really? Friday, yeah, Friday, and then on my drive back from San Marcos. Okay, so yeah. do you want me to try to guess your favorite song? Yeah, go for it. I've got yours already. I think yours is September sixteenth, which is no. track number twelve. No, it's not. Okay. I was. Is yours the void? Let me listen to it real quick. Hold on. Hold on. Do you, do you need me to, to? We're gonna we're gonna lose our funding. We're gonna uh, YouTube's gonna take this down. See, I don't even know which. I don't even know which song is which yet. <laughs> yeah, I'm at that point. I'm at that point oh. as well, except for for the void because uh, that I one's do like there. the void. I do like that song, but I don't know if it's my favorite yet. The one about his his dad passing away. I think it's named after his mom, track 11. The song with Skepta and and, and, uh, Pop Smoke is really good as well. I didn't like that song at all. That was an instant fast forward to me. Mm. Does every Pop Smoke song sound like that? I don't don't really know. I don't really listen to them. The kids Uh, love them though. R.I.P. Respect the dead. Number 11 is Elsie's Baby Boy. That's a really good song. Yeah, the the guitar on that song is really... uh, really yeah. good whatever i would assume that's a sample i don't know if uh i don't know from where though so what was your overall first listen you finished the album what did you think i thought oh i saw i saw flashes of why i liked his music so much mm-hmm. uh it wasn't like instantly like man like i hate to keep comparing it to the avalanches album but they came out the same day like the first time i finished that avalanches album front to back i was like this is exactly what i wanted this is exactly what I was expecting them to make. Uh, once I heard the first singles and I realized, okay, they're making music that's actually all vocals, not just samples. When I knew he was doing the Man on the Moon thing again, I was kind of not really excited because I didn't really like Man on the Moon 2. And I hold Man on the Moon 1 to as high, high of a regard as you do. So I was kind of like trying to temper my expectations. So essentially... Anything he did with this, so long as it wasn't bad, I was going to be mildly pleased with. And I think that's what I am. I, I I really, I enjoy it. I'm going to listen to it, but I don't think it's an album like a year from now that I still have in the rotation. Yeah. It wasn't an instant classic, right? No, I mean, nowhere near. Those are so hard to come by. Yeah. Um, to me, when I listened to it, I was like, man, like he's still, he's my age and he's still running with the same bit. he's he's going all in on this bit of like yo i'm a stoner um i do like i do like some of the messaging in there obviously like he's talking about his mental health he's always been very very uh on the forefront with that uh as somebody in the hip-hop world 
So I do appreciate that. You know, he's talking about some breakups and he's talking about love, which is great. But the overarching theme in this is I'm kind of high right now, guys. <laughs> kind of high right now. So let's listen. Let's let's write some music. But the production was really good. Um, I think from the from the first like five tracks, you're like, okay, this is going to be a really it's going to be a nicely produced album. It's going to be some really good beats in there. It's going to be something good, but not game changing, right? Um, it started beautiful trip is a nice way to start it. You hear that familiar uh theme, you're like, Oh man, this okay, is that from Man on the Moon? And you're like, Oh, maybe it is. Uh, then Tequila Shots is pretty good, another day is good, and then She Knows This is awesome. I think that's a, that's a really good song. So that and that's like, I think that's the first title track that he put out, not not the one with Eminem. That one's on there as well. That's a pretty good song. That song's but, on uh, there? Yeah, yeah, it's on the it's, I think it's second to last. Is it on the deluxe? I don't see it on the standard. Um, yeah, I think it's on the deluxe. Interesting. Yeah, would you? I thought it was, or did it just auto play into that next song? I thought it was on here. What's that song called? It's on my playlist. But I forgot Adventures the name. of the Moon Man and Slim Shady. Long okay. No, no, never mind. It's not on there because you know what it is. I know what happened because on YouTube Music, once your album ends. It just gives you related tracks, so it must have just been the next one that comes up. Uh, so that's why I was like, man, yeah, I know. I remember hearing it at the end of the album, so never mind. Um, but yeah, I really like that uh, She Knows This. That song is really good. I enjoyed it. Um, Sad People was okay. I'm just looking at it. Love Me, uh, Loving Me with uh, Phoebe Bridgers was pretty good. I like that yeah. one. That was a really good song. But overall, it's like it's good, but it didn't pop for me. I think it had, I think it, like I said, it has those flashes of like, this is why I loved his music so much. And this Mm -hmm. is why his music meant so much when I was 15 years old. But it did kind of just feel like, okay, I mean, it's, it's cool. It's not going to, I thought it was really, and Josh was talking about, I was talking about this with Josh on uh, Saturday. It was really weird how like literally every like music publication was pushing it so, so, so hard. And it came out of nowhere. I thought that was really interesting because they, and granted, Taylor Swift's uh, album was a surprise. She announced it the morning, the morning of Thursday, that she was doing a follow up to uh, whatever her her quarantine album that everyone really likes. That's supposed to be really good, and I don't want to discredit it because I haven't heard it all the way through. But everyone was just like falling head over heels for this album. So I was kind of like, oh, like, you know why? Right. I have a theory because I saw you guys talking about that. And I, I was thinking about that. Like, why? Why was every single website memeing the album already at literally at 11 p.m. at night? Right. On Thursday night when the album dropped until the next day, until Saturday, everybody was like complex music. Everybody was 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 tweeting about it and, and sharing memes and having fun with it. And I think it's because Cuddy is so accessible on social media. Like he's willing to engage. He's willing to retweet. So it just builds up this buzz. Right. And he starts retweeting. At one point, I was like, I'm going to have to unfollow you, unfortunately, because (laughs) my whole timeline is you retweeting everybody except for me, because I was trying to get some of that love, too. You were were looking. I was looking for that. I was simping. I wanted to get a retweet from Kid Cuddy. I think that's kind of cool. So I think that's wise because when publications, especially the social media managers, like, again, I'm getting technical with this, when you can get any kind of publicity and you go, hey, look, an account with 50 million followers retweeted us, 
that looks great. So everybody was trying to get that retweet. Everybody was trying to get some love. And a lot of those websites, like to me, the way I found it was because Cuddy was retweeting literally everything, the big sites, yeah. fans all over. And I think that's why it, it became such a big thing on Friday and Saturday. See, that makes more sense than my cynical ass thinking this was the labels through through those publications like Double XL mm-hmm. and Complex getting get essentially a handshake agreement like, hey, you're just gonna you're just gonna push these for us, right? And just getting those agreements because stuff like that happens. Yeah, of course. Uh, yours makes more sense when he was re- he was retweeting everything, dude. Everything, like literally every exactly. every five seconds, he tweeted every retweeted everybody except for me. But yeah. you were tagged in it, so that's why he's like, oh man. That's the hater who was hating on Man on the Moon too. So why would I'm yeah, like that on the Moon too, right? Yeah, it's because of that. So um, yeah, check out the album. I'm gonna listen to it a few more times before I make my final judgment on it and like give a, you know, like is it gonna crack the rotation? Some of the songs will crack the rotation once I get familiar with them, but um, overall, nothing initially cracked my rotation. You weren't ready to give a one day review like Juggalo Trail. No. No, I was not. But like, for example, the uh, the album of the year on Saturday morning, I think. Juggalo Trey, Juggalo Trey is a trip. That's why. Um, but for, I mean, the Eminem and uh, and Cuddy song, that one cracked my rotation right away. And my rotation is my workout list. That's yeah. my rotation. If you can crack that, you're like, I like their song a lot, right? So it, it cracked my rotation immediately. Nothing from this album made me go, you know, put it onto the playlist. Okay, the other thing I want to talk to you about uh, in the final few minutes of this, have you started watching How To with John Wilson? No. So I finally got – so literally, remember a couple weeks ago we were talking about how HBO Now wasn't on the Fire Stick? Mm-hmm. That was actually like the first week of it being on there, and I didn't realize that till this weekend. So I'm on the HBO Max now. I'm going to watch it. Uh, for those of you who don't know, that show is produced by uh, our beloved Nathan Fielder. So uh, I'm I'm really looking forward to it. Tell me about that show, man. If you like, if you like Nathan for you, and you're like, man, I want something even more awkward, oh my, and meaningful and thoughtful. This show is for you. So within the first three minutes, I had a laugh out loud. Like I was just dying. It was actually right at the three minute mark, because the first three minutes, you're like, okay, you're kind of figuring this out. Like, is this a is this how this show is going to be the whole time? What's happening? Like, is this guy for real? Is this, and you never see him, by the way. It's all it's a, it's a voiceover track. So I'll just there's a few shots where you see who uh, John Wilson is, yeah. but for the most part, it's him telling a story through all of this footage that he's captured around the city of New York. Okay, and he's just and, and there's an overarching theme, but then that theme merges into something else i don't i I don't want to spoil it for you guys because it is one of the best it's one of the best shows i've seen that visually complements the script and the the voiceover unlike anything it's so it's so damn good like literally for and that i want to interview him and ask him did you write the show first or did you have all this footage and then did you write to the footage because there's two ways to do it. Like in journalism, you're always taught to write to the footage, right? Yeah. So you go out, shoot a story. And then, you know, for example, you'll see a lot of sports people do this. They'll say, 
And James Harden with the James Harden with a dunk with his left hand, right? Like they'll write it exactly. Or, you know, it's tough. I did this with my Robert Covington story. It's tough balancing your life while you're in a pandemic and getting ready for an NBA bubble. And it's Robert Covington doing a single leg uh, deadlift. So like he's balancing, right? So you write to the footage. So I, I want to know, did he write to the footage or did he just go around and caught like really funny things? And then he's like, oh, yeah, I have this shot. And then if if so, that's even crazier, because how do you remember all of this footage? And he barely reuses footage. I think there's a couple of shots he reuses uh, across the six episodes. They're 30 minutes each. But man, every single shot is a new shot. It is one of the I think episode six is one of the best episodes of TV that I've watched. Like it's up there with Nathan's uh, season finale or series finale. The uh, really? yeah, the uh, Bill Gates lookalike story. It's wow. that good, man. It's and then you go in and you read the title, right? Like one of the episodes is called um, How to Build Scaffolding. <laughs> OK, and like it's so you're like, how is he going to do 30 minutes on building scaffolding? Yeah, And then he just takes you on this journey that is so reflective. You're like, damn, this is really, really good. Like, this guy is awesome. And it's funny. It's creative. It's totally different than anything that you've ever watched. So you got to stick with it, okay? I know, like, some people are going to want to eject after the first episode. But I'm telling you, man, by, like, and then episode four, Jose, it was one of the wildest moments of TV that I've watched and my wife was watching with me. And I felt uncomfortable. I was like, I I don't want to laugh because I don't want her to leave me, but I also really <laughs> want to laugh right now because this is so freaking funny. So Dude. you had so what did she say anything to you as you guys were watching it? She just rolled her eyes and she's like, What's wrong with you? And that's <laughs> why I was like, Yeah, this is I'm gonna have to go back. It's some of the most it's some of the most uncomfortable footage I've ever seen, episode four. Oh man, and it's Dude. already been renewed for a second season. I'm so happy it's renewed. And I'm sorry, like episode six is one of the best episodes I've seen in terms of just overall quality of work, uh, just reflecting. Episode four is one of the wildest moments of TV. Like remember on Borat's uh, Borat 2, the dance, the Harvest Moon dance? Yeah. It's more uncomfortable than that. Holy crap. (laughs) Yeah. And you don't even see it coming. Like all of a sudden you're just like, oh, what the hell is happening here? It's six episodes, Josh, 30 minutes each. I finished the whole season in two days. It was easy. Like, it's it's an easy watch. Josh is going to finish that in a sitting. Tell me when you start it. Okay, because I'll rewatch it with you because I loved it so much, man. It is masterful in my opinion. I'm probably going to start it tonight after the podcast. Okay, I'll probably put it on again. It's so freaking good, man. I, I just, like, I can't believe they did a show like that and the HBO allowed it. Because a lot of networks are ejected. They're like, this is dumb. But when you start, again, get through the first episode. And I'm telling you, as you get, as he finds his groove and his writing, you're going to be blown away by episode six. So that's my review. Like, I, as you can tell, I'm really giddy about it. Yeah, you definitely are. Wow. It's okay. awesome, man. It, I, it's so freaking good. So, so far, Nathan Fielder's delivered on his, uh, the first mm-hmm. half of his post Nathan for You career. Mm hmm. He's, uh, I think the Showtime uh, sitcom he's going to actually star. I think that comes out next year. Man, I whatever, whatever advice he gave to John Wilson, he did a great job with it. I mean, he's just he's just a producer on it, right? So you really think, isn't he EP on it? He's not directing it. 
No, he. I don't no, know his exact role. Yeah, I think he's just an EP on it, or EP or just a producer, one of those. Yeah, it's produced by Nathan Fielder, but it's it's a great show. It's on HBO Max. Again, it's called How to with John Wilson. So every every episode, he explains how to do something, right? How to cook a risotto or how to build <laughs> scaffolding, right? And again, don't I mean you're gonna you're gonna read the episode, and you go okay, and it has nothing to do with it. Just follow the journey, man. It's so cool. It's it's such a great show. So there's my review. And then I watched uh, I watched Birds of Prey yesterday. Oh, it was. How is that? Yeah, it's, it's on HBO Max. It was pretty good. I enjoyed it. Everyone was killing that movie. Better than Suicide Squad? Yes, way better. I, okay. I would, with, without hesitation, way better. Well, Suicide, Suicide Squad was a mess, man. That was yeah. a bad movie. I didn't think it was good at all. I, I, I'll go back and rewatch it because I believe it's on HBO Max. I just remember that me, uh, that movie being a total mess. The CGI didn't look good. And it just continued like that whole DC was in like they have no idea what's going on. Um, but this one was good because you immediately like, OK, this is all the Harley Quinn. Right. So the movie's tone and theme go along with that. They're not trying to blend seven different personalities, seven different themes. It's all about Harley Quinn. And the whole thing is good. I, I enjoyed it. I thought it was a good movie. So there you go. Those are my two never ending rotation or list. Yep. Those are my two uh, things for you. Anything else for you before we go? I know we're over here, but uh, I just want to get those two reviews in. No, oh, man, I think I think we hit, we hit on everything. The thing I was geeking out the most was uh, that Avalanche album. Uh, I think I think we're good. All right, perfect. So we are out of time. Make sure you follow us on social media at ParJ94 on Twitter at the underscore Raheel. Join the conversation again. Thank you, everyone that tweets us after the episode's post or even during, we appreciate you guys uh, interacting with us, listening and spreading the show. Uh, please send this to five people, right? If you're listening, just let five people know. I think you'll like this uh, show and uh, let's grow the show even more as we get into 2021. We are out of time. Uh, AlamoRemedy.com, their holiday bundle is up $59.99, but you will save 10% off with promo code Unicorn. 10% off promo code unicorn do it support the show we get a proceeds of the sale so it helps us as well alamoremedy.com jose i will talk to you next monday night stay spicy <laughs>